You're going to Harvard. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Do your mother know about this? Oh, she knows I want to. I, I can't believe... I didn't know about this. What do you mean? You knew that we were coming here. I knew we were checking out the school, but I, I didn't know you were actually going to get in. <laughs> well, I might not get in. But it seems like you might. Oh, yeah, I might. The kid's going to Harvard. <laughs> They'll jinx me, dude. You all right? Yeah. Life's crazy, huh? I mean, how cool. I'm proud of you. Pretty cool. We're back in the saddle again. I um, I'm here. My name is Jeff. Oh, I should do an intro. Okay, I'm, we're on recording. Oh boy, here we go again. Episode four fifteen. Movie review one eighteen. I think we have the numbering correct again. God willing, we do. Uh, yes, that's correct. Episode four fifteen, movie review one hundred and eighteen. That's right, one hundred and eighteen in the in the in the just a little off the top here. I want to a uh, little off the top. What am I, barber? What am I, a barber? This is Barbercast, bar barb barbershop talk with your host Jeff. What if that was a show? We're just talking about like just for barbers, for by barbers for barbers, the barber shop talk podcast. I want to say that today okay here's the here's the plan here's it's 128 4 and 46 seconds on a Tuesday afternoon here in Philadelphia on the 27th day of the month of March 2018 how are you uh, welcome to the show it's good to be here back in the home studio uh, recording again haven't done a movie podcast in a while in a while what was that sudden draw out there what I want to be doing here, and I have a bit of a backlog, but not too crazy. I recently watched three motion pictures that I'm going to hold off reviewing. Uh, and they are, and I'm going to talk about them now before we get into this movie review, which is Brad's Status. The very, I can't tell if I love or hate that title, Brad's Status. Something about that phonetically uh, interests me and repels me equally. Uh, don't ask me to explain that any further. Well, um, uh, where was, what was I talking about? Oh, so, uh, oh yeah, the movie review show, uh, is gonna have, I'm gonna be recording three, uh, three, I'll do three, three, no, three, maybe four today. The three movies that I've recently watched that I don't believe I'm going to review because I, I think I want to work, work with them in a different kind of a different, uh, go at them in a different way, is is I watched Lolita, the Stanley Kubrick film. I watched A Serious Man, the Coen Brothers film. And I watched The Life Aquatic, the Wes Anderson film. And I think those directors, I, I ought to take the, the big directors... All these famous white gent white male gentlemen 
It is funny though. I was looking at a list of I just googled what are the fifty best directors, and there were all, every single. I think there was a couple international. I actually looked at what were the because I was looking at like older films. I want to like you know I'm trying to get like a good. I like the bad stuff and the good stuff. I've talked about this before. I'm trying to get a good kind of balance of both. And I looked at a list. I googled fifty best deceased directors, and forty eight of them I think were white guys. And there's like a maybe one African-American, one uh, Asian director, I believe, in the whole list. I could be wrong. There might be a couple more other ones. Uh, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, so so those so I'm going to hold off. I did watch those movies again recently. But uh, I kind of want to see if I ha I can plan out. See, that, the problem here, I'm not really a problem, but I, I have, I have uh, reviewed... I don't know if I've reviewed a Kubrick movie in truth. Truthfully, in truth, in truthfully, um, have I reviewed any? No, I don't think I've reviewed any uh, Kubrick's films. But I have definitely reviewed Coen Brothers films. I reviewed. Uh, I think I've reviewed. One or two only, but I mean, you know, it's not that's not a big deal. But I do I do want to kind of start going through the uh, the big time, the, my favorite directors, the you know the, the the classic the classic D's as I call them, the classic directors. Kind of going through them and uh, you know giving them their due here and you know and, and giving them sort of a, a ranking, you know, releasing the podcast in a month, you know, doing a month of uh, of Kubrick and do. Do a countdown of his best films, down to you know whatever, uh, all the way up to whatever is number one. You know, a countdown. I'm describing a countdown. But we're not here to talk about all that. Uh, the the movies, and again, here's another kind of problem because the other movies I want to review today, I want to get in the can, as they say, are Wormwood, the Netflix show. I guess I'm going to count it as a movie because I think technically it was kind of theatrically released as a documentary film, even though it was broken up as a kind of miniseries doc. And that's the Errol Morris film. So the Errol Morris is a famous guy as well. So, I mean, I don't know. I think I've reviewed one or two of his films as well. Uh, and I'm going to review. I'm going to do that one. I'm going to record that for sure today. Uh, but again, here's a, that's another guy's name where like you could just do a whole uh, week or two weeks of ranking his films and doing a podcast. And I, I like framing things in like a whole the whole filmography. I like getting that kind of uh, coherency, you know, neat, putting a neat little bow on it. I think that's kind of cool. Um, so that's not going to happen with some of these people. It's going to maybe happen with some, some of the other ones. And I'm, you know, my the music review as well. I, I've been trying to get through i you know i i had this idea to do this in, with music reviews as well some podcast music reviews which is long uh dormant and non-updated my music review uh, portion of this jeff cast podcast feed but i had this idea to do that and, and the first band this is most of my problem because my first the first band i picked to to go through their entire catalog was uh public image limited and that was hell because it was just I, not, and like, not that they're not interesting or I hate them, but there, there's a lot to get through. And so I kind of got stuck up and I really should have just done like a band that had like three or four albums and I could just get, get my head around it. And then like Nirvana would be a good choice to, to do, to start off with doing a whole catalog and ranking the releases and, and, and giving like a deep dive on the, uh, on the, on the catalog because it's, 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 
not like one album, but it's, it's just like enough to like start the project off, I think, and, and not overwhelm myself with uh, the scope of something like a band like Pilt. But anyway, I've digressed for a going on. Oh my god, eight minutes now. We haven't even begun to talk about the uh, show and the uh, the show, the movie. I believe I watched this on Hulu. Um, it might be on Amazon Prime, streaming elsewhere. This is a Mike White film. It is. Uh, Mike White is is a uh, known for um, he uh, made the movie Chuck and Buck. He wrote the movie Chuck and Buck, and he also starred in it. And um, that was his sort of big kind of uh, 2000 year 2000. I still have not I still have not seen that film. I've seen a bunch of his other um, uh, writing credits movies. Here we go. Oh, we're going to go down the, the, the De- Dead Man on Campus. I don't know what the heck that is. 1998. Is that a movie or is that a. Uh... Oh, that's a movie with Zach. Oh, my God. Zach from Saved by the Bell. It was written, co-written by Mike White. Yeah, I remember this movie. 1998 black comedy starring Mark Paul Gossler and Tom Everett Scott. That's pretty good. Uh, and anyway, he, uh, Mike White, you know, he went on to do, of course, Chuck and Buck, as I just mentioned. He was a producer and writer on Dawson's Creek and Freaks and Dawson's Creek and Freaks and Geeks. I said Dawson's Creek and Freaks and Greek. Come on. Little rap there for you, free of charge. Uh, Pasadena is another credit, 2001. There's some TV credits. And then he had a run of writing for some well-received uh, movies. Uh, Orange County was was a 2002. Was part of the, like sort of that 2000, early 2000s uh, comedy boom where they were like wacky, just uh, over the top uh, adventure style movies. You know, some of them were this one. Orange County, I don't remember being like a total gross out one, but it was like a drink. You know, Jack White's and uh, Jack Black's in that. Excuse me. Mike White wrote it, and Jack Black starred in it. That's what I call the the forces of white and black coming together for good. And then, of course, the Good Girl, which is the Jennifer Aniston vehicle. That was uh, again. I I haven't seen this movie since around when they came back. So two thousand. This is going on fifteen, sixteen years. Holy moly! School of Rock he wrote, which came out in two thousand three. Cracking up. I don't know. If that's a TV show. I don't know what that is. Nacho Libre. I, I, I will. I will always. I've seen Nacho Libre. You know, I haven't seen this in years, but I've seen it a few times in my life. I'll always go to bat for this movie. I think it's a very, a very funny and very original movie. He co-wrote that. That's from the guys who did uh, Napoleon Dynamite, and he co-wrote that with them. And uh, a great underrated movie. And then he then came 2007, which was also his feature, uh, his debut as a, as a film director. And this is a, a movie that you maybe not haven't heard of, but he. Um, he wrote and, and directed this. It was his first directing role, and uh, that's interesting because he's only this is only this movie I'm about to review, which I promise we will will talk about in a, in a moment. He also um, directed this one, but he, the only other one he's directed feature film was Year of the Dog, the a really great and under the radar film uh, starring Molly Shannon, Laura Dern. John C. Riley's in this. Peter Sargat. It's a good cast. It's a really good movie, and I should really uh, uh, review this um, at some point because I, I I remember when this came out. I watched it a year or two after, and it's really a fantastic film. It's really a it's it's a really great movie. And then he went on to 
spend the next several years. There's a big kind of there's a kind of a break in in the uh, in the, the the credits here. Maybe you took some time off, but uh, he did the show Enlightened, which was a very good uh, HBO show that had I think a two season run, and was canceled. And it, it, I would, I would recommend watching it. I know, I know some people don't like to watch shows that were canceled, because they, you know, especially these prestige type television shows. But that's a Laura Dern television show. And if I do recall, I did watch that whole series. Uh, I do recall that it does kind of wrap up nicely. There's a nice bow put on that one. Uh, worth your time uh, to watch. And uh, which brings us, let's bring this right here. There's a couple other writing credits. He actually was a writer on the Emoji Movie, the 2017 Emoji Movie, which I. It's bizarre to me. Uh, Beatrice at Dinner is another one. That seems like at least more his speed in terms of being kind of indie-ish. And uh, that was a, another 2017 film. Good good people involved in that one. Um, but again, I don't... That didn't make a lot of impact either. I don't know if it was... Um, 76% on Ron Tomatoes. I, I like that one. Again, these are, he works a bit under the radar. He's, he's had some moments like School of Rock that kind of blew, blow, that kind of blew up. Um, but for the most part, he's he, these movies that he likes to write are small. They're kind of character driven uh, and so on and so forth. And we are now we have arrived at uh, the 13 and 30 something second mark of the podcast to talk about Brad's. Red Stadis. How about that title? Brad Stadis is uh, stars Ben Stiller, and Ben Stiller is this is a uh, feature performance from from old Benny Boy. What? And um, who else is in this? Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen is a guy. He's, he's, he's Welsh. He's Welsh. Uh, Austin Abrams. I don't know who that is. Is he the son, maybe? Yeah, I think he's the son. Says he's on Walking Dead. Ron Anderson? Oh wait, he's this he was in Walking Dead. Ron Anderson, Walking Dead. Is this the same guy? I, I I'm in and out on Walking Dead all the time. Yeah, he was uh Oh, he okay. This was what season was this? Rob Anderson, Ron Anderson, and Walking Dead. This was this this play. He's yeah. Anyway, he, the guy, the actor, Austin Abrams. Oh, Abrams. Maybe related to JJ Abrams. I don't know. Who's to say? Uh. Um. You know, I just noticed too. Mark Mothersbaugh. Did he does a lot of uh, scores? Because I just looked at the. Beatrice at Dinner thing, and he did the movie, the music for that one, too. So he's worked on, he wrote the scores for two. This is, of course, Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo, who has written just, I mean, he's written, at this point, I think he's written probably like 45 uh, movie scores. Uh, which, which always, it seems very hard to write a movie score, and I, I, I always, this is another just side note tangent, but I just, it always, I'm always very impressed by some of these guys who, to their credit, they have just just a vast like number of, of scores that they've written. I'm just very impressed by that. I swear to God, we're going to talk about Brad's status. Brad's status, look, I didn't assess a score to it yet. I'm doing this on the fly. 
And what do, how do I think about Brownstone? Definitely going to have to put it lower than Mike and the Mad Dogs 30 for 30. I, this movie's got problems. Like, I just, I, and it's hard. I, and I remember watching it, and I took a couple notes. And my first note is scene with the basketball in the field, LOL. And I sort of remember this, and I don't think I can find it. Uh, I, should, I wish I'd given myself a timestamp of when that happened, because I don't want to go through the scrolling online right now to try and find that scene and pluck it out so I can make like a GIF or something out of it, because, you know, I'm very tech savvy, and I can do that if I wanted. But, uh,. At one point, there's like they're playing, they're just like throwing a basketball in a field, and it's like little details like that always throw me out of a movie because I'm just like, why would they? No one, why would this adults be just? Why, where did they get this basketball? Why are they in a field? They're visiting colleges. Why would they have a basketball on them? Like it's it's it was very much like I was I was taken aback by the scene. I was like I couldn't believe it. The main fault of this film, and I don't remember if Year of the Dog utilized. The Molly Shannon movie uh, utilized voiceover at all, or if to this extent, this whole movie is voiceover. There's not a five minute sequence where I feel like two of two minutes of it isn't isn't being uh, driven by Ben Stiller's inter- internal monologue, which acts as the as the narration slash voiceover in the film, and that device just. It, I don't, you know, I always, and I've, I've used this cliche, it's, this, this, uh, this antidote I'm about to bring up is itself about a cliche, but, and me using it so much has become a cliche in and of itself, and that's the adaptation line where Brian Cox's character, and he says, and got, because this is it's a very meta movie, the Spike Jones movie adaptation, where uh, Brian Cox says, and God help you if you use voice voiceover. And, because that movie uses a lot of voiceover, and then that kind of like shakes uh, Nick Cage out of his like voice. I got to rewatch that film. That's that's another uh, classic. Interesting. I'm uh what I I have um couldn't find the movie Killer's Kiss, the Stanley one of the very early Stanley Kubricks. But I found a website that had it streaming, and I'm kind of I'm doing a um what do you call it a uh, screen capture video. To just because I want to watch it later. It's an hour long fifties movie. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't. And it's only on like I saw it on like iTunes only. I don't have this capability to watch it even legally if I wanted. So it's streaming on this website. I'm capturing it to rewatch later because I had this idea, like I mentioned before, about doing the whole catalogs of certain uh, notable filmmakers. And so I'm I'm watching this on my other computer here as uh, my laptop is doing that task and the. Uh, there's a scene in it where there was like a, a car driving down the street and it was and it was shot in negative. So it was like a nighttime scene and all the lights were black. It was like a, they used a negative video and I thought, I didn't, I'm even more excited to see this movie that, and, and it was that it kind of utilizes some weird, weirder stuff. Wow. Okay. This is, uh, even for me, this is probably possibly setting a record for tangents and, I, and I've totally lost where I was. I should almost stop the film. I was talking about voiceover, I guess. Yeah, so the, the adaptation thing. But, like, that, so that to itself, you know, that's a real thing. Like, don't overdo it or don't employ it in a way that's not interesting. And I don't think this is interesting here. Like, I think there's so much of this film that it's explaining, he's, he's doing a voiceover and he could just, 
show that same stuff by just acting. It's not like the voiceover is giving us any information. It's like plot points. It's it's just like and then so it's like I could see it in her eyes. But like, well, why don't you just show her that like the Brad's, you know, you, that kind of, the, the emotions that the voiceover was trying to convey was was not necessary. It was just like you, the, it wasn't that deep. You know, you could tell what what was what what you were going for by the action, the actors. And Ben Stiller is good in this, and he really goes all the way with it. And the film is about, just to give you a real quick rundown, centers around Ben Stiller and his son, uh, who's a senior in high school, and they're looking at colleges in the Northeast, flying from, I believe, L.A. or, or Sacramento, or, or I don't know where they, where they flew out of, like somewhere in California. Um, doesn't say where they live here. Bad job, Wikipedia plot writer. Anyway, he's got all these friends that are doing that he went to college with himself that are all doing better than him. So he's constantly uh, having these reminders online and seeing them. You know, it, it's weird because these characters are of a certain age where they're they're sort of the, the how they use the internet and be, and it's not really about like Facebook. At first, I when I when I read about this movie. And I should note that I, I heard about this movie from uh, Red Letter Media. They did a film. They did like notable films in in review. They did their year end twenty seventeen uh, show where like half in half in the bag did like a synopsis of movies that they didn't mention in detail, and they just kind of ran through some of them. And they both sort of were like, you know, it wasn't you know it was not great, but it was definitely like one maybe you should check out. Or one of the two guys said that, and. Um, so that 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 put it on my radar. Otherwise, I this movie just got almost seemingly swept under the rugs. And you know, it didn't, and, I, and I just saw something here. It was produced by Amazon Studios, so it wasn't on. It wasn't on Hulu. Maybe it is on Hulu as well now, but I'm not sure. It was it's definitely on Amazon though, because it it's an Amazon Studios production. Uh, okay. So back to the plot. They go uh, Ben Stiller, the son, blah blah blah. They go to they go to visit colleges. He's like a music dude, composer, composer guy. He goes and he he's pretty sure he can get into Harvard. Uh, that scene you heard in the beginning was Ben Stiller kind of. There's a weird jealousy going on, and like that kind of stuff is interesting because like Ben Stiller sort of sort of jealous of his son. Son care the son's character, and this is a bit of a blank, you know void of emotion type type of kid like a good kid but like in, in a way i was like I, I didn't feel that's working but then the more i thought about it i was like well you know what that's is that is kind of a well-written kid because i think a lot of times people try to uh load a, a bunch of more adult emotions or uh onto onto characters like that when really at 17 18 years old like what is you know a lot of times you are just kind of putty and you're sort of like okay go with the flow type of thing i'm uh, not trying to let Trying to make everybody happy, and in that sense, it worked. I just I don't know if the performance was was so so great. You know, Ben Stiller does does his best to kind of keep this together, and it, it, it isn't a horrible film. I feel like I'm shitting on it here uh, more so than, than maybe I need to. Uh, score wise, how do I where do I set this in here? You know, I just here here's a good here's a good place. Uh, the movie Joy. The David O. Russell film. You know, I think it's in that. I think it's. I think it's in that range. I gave that a six point one five six. I'm gonna go higher with this. I'm gonna give this one a six point two. A six point two three three. Six point two three three for Brad's status. The twenty seventeen Mike White film. 
uh, I think that's all I got for this one, folks. Like I said, I'm uh, as soon as I hit stop on this, I'm gonna put it in the can in the hopper. Remember those commercials? The hopper. Get the hopper with the little kangaroo. And he was like, "You got what was that for?" I was like, "It was TiVo, basically, right?" But they were like calling it the hopper. Do people even use those things anymore? Do people still have DVRs? I, I think no, they definitely do. But the hopper, did that ever? Did that find an audience? People being, people like, gotta put it on the hopper. Don't think so. Gonna go on a limb and say the hopper was a commercial failure. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe it's a rip roaring success. I don't know these things. Listen, this was tangents galore here, and I apologize. Uh, the film is is certainly uh, um, well not a a must see recommend. It's certainly one that if you happen to, to catch yourself with some time to watch, and you're, you like uh, you like the year of the dog. Uh, and you like Mike White's other stuff, um, you know, it's it's not a horrible one. Certainly not like a funny comedy, um, but it, it's it's it, it's not a bad movie. It's a middle-of-the-road production, and that's okay. We need these so the other birds can fly to, closer to the sun and be illuminated, and we see the elegance and beauty of, of those birds. Perfect.